Psalm 45, verse 1. He says, My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made, touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My heart is indicting a good matter. Uh, I've seen that this end part of this verse of scripture is one verse that is very popular. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And uh, many of the times Christians easily pick up this part of, the, of this uh, verse and we quote it and we confess it. My tongue is the pen, is the pen of a ready writer. And so we declare it, we speak it, and then but we discover that also all the times we declare it and speak it, we discover that we are, our tongues are not really the pen of a ready writer. Uh, so we see that also all the times the secret says their tongues are the pen of a sleeping writer. Amen. Why? Because we must take scriptures in context, not out of context. There is something that gives rise to another. I began to um, meditate a while ago and I saw that if you go to the book of Proverbs, you see that in a particular verse, the beginning part says something and the end part says something else entirely. It just looks like they are contradictory to each other. And I began to like, why is this like this? But um, I have come to understand that what may look like contradiction is not actually contradiction. You must understand what is in between that a part of the verse and the B part. There's something in between there. And that God is saying to the verse, the glory of God to consider the matter. And then came to search it out. God expects you to go into fellowship with him for you to understand, for you to see what he was saying that looks like is out of that verse. Amen. When you can see what he's saying, you can be able to marry the A part to the B part. Amen. And that's when we have to look at scriptures for us to get adequate understanding of scriptures. And if you look at this verse, it says, My tongue is in that my tongue is the pen of ready writer. What makes the tongue of every Christian in the pen of a ready writer is the eighth part that says, My heart is indicting a good matter. My heart is what? Indicting a good matter. And it says, I will speak of things which I have made, touching the king. I will speak of things which I have made, touching the king. My heart is what? Indicting a good matter. Until our hearts did indict good matters, our tongues will never be compared to ready writers. Are you know what I'm saying? Yes. By the privilege of God's grace, whenever you tell me to one minister, even if I'm not prepared, my tongue will be the pen of a ready writer. Are you know what I'm saying? I remember some years ago, somebody told me to one minister, and I was not prepared for the nutrition. A pastor, a pastor was supposed to minister in the program, and the pastor disappointed them. And then they told me to call minister. So they just gave me the, the call that particular day. And I got prepared them teaching. And I just came. In fact, that period was a very trying period in my life. Very trying period in my life. And ministering in that kind of situation, it's not going to be easy. In fact, at the point in time, some of the things I was going through, I was speaking them codently. But I spoke by the ministry, by the meaning of the Spirit, and after I taught the word, somebody who I knew to be a, a, a Bible, that is what, a Bible uh, 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 dictionary, who memorizes scriptures in the New Testament. After I finished preaching, he came to meet me and he said, not prepared yet releasing wisdom. Not prepared yet releasing wisdom. Why? If 
our heart keeps indicting good matters, our thoughts will always be the pain of ready writers. So I'm not be praying this way because, see, the, the situations around us, everything happening around us, they give us a thousand and one reasons to not indict good matters. Are you not saying? The devil will give us so many reasons not to indict good matters. We are talking from experience here, we are not talking theories. But it's a conscious effort to indict good matters. And that's why we have to re receive grace from God to continuously indict good matters. People cannot understand how we are still doing what we are doing. Sometimes I just walk around and I see people look at me. They look at me in a strange way. This one's a normal. How are they still doing what they are doing? The secret of this is not overnight. It's the good matters that our hearts have indicted that is manifesting now. Are you not saying? So grace to indict good matters. Good matters is no matter what is happening, no matter how bad situations are, you still see some people in them. <laughs> no matter how terrible situations are, you still see something wonderful in the terrible situations. Indicting good matters. Good matters. And people wonder how come you are seeing something good in the back because your heart keeps indicting what? Good matters. We are praying this morning and saying in the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive grace. So continuously indict good matters. So our hearts. So what I'm praying. Lord, 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 we receive grace. So continuously indict good matters in our hearts. We cancel brother Basua. We cancel Priyatada Diana. My son is driving the Range Rover. 
And then, even their children will also fly in planes. He said, but their children, children, will ride on camels again. <laughs> it may sound like that is a cause, but actually, I just paraphrase what he said. But yeah, what was the message he was trying to communicate? Hard life gives way to easy life. And hard life actually creates easy life. But easy life ends up creating what? Hard life. Bishop William said it this way. He said, those who take it easy in life end up having it hard in life. Praise God. We live in a generation where people want it easy. They want it cheap. They want it on the bed of roses. They want it on the platform of bread and butter. But at the end of the day, if at all you get it easy, you will end up having it tough. Why? Because life is built on principles. Life is built on principles. And Bishop Blessing, the also have the blessed memory. We celebrate his exit this month. The blessed memory says something. He said, take everything I have, including mama. Give me a little time. I will get one of them back. <laughs> Say what? Take everything I have, including my wife, from me. Take them from me. My wife, everything I have. Give me a little time. I will get them back. Why? Because what he has is not external, it is internal. Mm. The only thing that you will take from him that he knows that he's due is when you take the Holy Spirit from him. They will send him this way, cast him out of me from the presence and take out your Holy Spirit from him. Why? They will that the wives, the children, if the palace, the, the skills, the leadership, everything that may be happening physically around me that he may seem to have possessed, they were the end result of the infilling of the Holy Spirit in him. Are you getting what I'm saying? He said, you can take everything, but don't take this Holy Spirit from me. The secret to the success of the church of Jesus today is when we understand that the Holy Spirit will train our hands to walk, not our hands to bed. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Because the kind of Christianity we are practicing today is begging Christianity. All we are doing is stretching our hands and collecting. The Holy Spirit will train our hands to walk, not our hands to collect. We are collectors, not enforcers. We are beggars, not enforcers. And the Holy Spirit actually trains us to enforce, not to collect. In the power of progress, we begin to understand that when we pray in the line of God's will, what happens? He hears us. And he says that if he has heard us, our petitions and our answers are also given. So when we pray in his will, he hears. And he really hears, he answers. But in manifestation, there is a challenge. In the manifestation, the prince of the air can obstruct manifestation. Are you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you are only a collector, if you are only an actor and a beggar, and you are not an enforcer, you will have a problem with many manifestations as a child of God. Are you know what I'm saying? Because you begin to cry to God like a beggar and a collector, and God looks down and says, I have delivered. But you are having a problem with collecting and foreseeing what you have, what I've given to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. So we must understand that these principles do not change. You must be trained for them. You must be trained for them. I must say, I let out to abound and I'm one base. 
But today, please don't need to abound. Once our basement comes, we have a challenge. Praise God. But the Apostle Paul said, I let her to what? How to abound and how to be at peace. That means I let her to live the high side of life and also have to live the low side of life. I can do all. It was on that ground. And I said, I can do all things. But what usually what Christians do is that we only pick up, I can do all things. <laughs> but we forgot what was the reason why Apostle Paul said he can do what? All things. Are we together? So we must understand this balance of faith. We must understand this balance of the Christian life. If we understand this balance of faith, if we understand this balance of the Christian life, we'll live successful Christian lives and we'll achieve God's will for us here on earth. Praise God forevermore. And God's desire is for us to achieve His will. Amen. His desire is for us to achieve His plan. So as Christians, we must understand that we are not meant to be collectors or beggars. We are meant to be enforcers. We are meant to be what? Enforcers. Enforcers. The devil will not allow you to have what God has given you. So you must enforce it. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that will take some level of work in the realms of the spirit. So the Christian life is the Holy Spirit teaching you how to walk. He doesn't teach your hand how to beg. It doesn't teach your hand how to collect. It teaches your hand how to what? For enforces. Enforces. So even when the devil says you're not going to have it, you tell him, no, I, God has given it to me, and I was what? Have it. So actually, I'm not an advocate of easy life. I'm an advocate of balanced life. And what is balanced life? Balanced life is I know how to live in tough terrains. And I know how to live in what? Soft terrains. Wherever it's a way, you take me to, I can live here. That's the kind of life I advocate for. I'm not this kind of Christianity that advocates when it's good, we shout and we are. When it's bad, we say, God, why me? No, that's not my Christianity. That's not my Christianity. My Christianity is when it's good, we shout and we are. When it's bad, we say, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because we know that all things work together for good. So that's my understanding of Christianity. And by the grace of God, it has helped us in our work with God. It has helped us as a family. It has helped us as a church. And I believe that Christians begin to walk with this understanding of Christian faith. I tell you, we will storm the world with lightning and we will take the world and the territories for the Lord Jesus. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Praise God for evermore. So I just want to drop that for everyone again, Christian, that please, we must understand this balance of life. Praise the Lord for evermore. If you look at the likes of, of, of John Wesley, at the age of 80, he was still crisscrossing nations on horseback. On what? Not on not on a lambuzal. <laughs> Amen. Not on lambuzal. On horseback. We talk of private jets. But those were men that took this gospel to the extent we are enjoying it today. Praise God. And um, um, I think it was uh, it was the same John Wesley who he wrote. 5,000, over 5,000 tracks in his lifetime. Now, he rose to the extent that he had, he was not sitting down to write. On his wall, he had kind of like a table he, he brought out from his wall that was slanting down. So he starts to write over 5,000 tracks. Because he knew that sitting down to write will affect his waist. So he was standing to write. Over 5,000 tracks. His brother, 
Charles Wesley wrote thousands of hymns. So while he was writing tracts, his brother was writing hymns. They were writing and they were working for the Lord and they never got weary. Children of God, this is a time to never get weary. No matter the condition, no matter the matter, you keep pressing. And I tell you, when you have fine-tuned your life to be able to serve God no matter the matter, you will discover that comfort will not be your prayer point to be an attraction. Yes. It will not be a prayer point. It will just be attracted to you. I'm talking from, I'm, I'm talking from experience. I'm talking from experience. I'm talking from experience. The things that people are crying for, it will not be your prayer point. Those things will be attracted to you. We're here in Ghana, the month of January, which are, uh, we, 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 we have a program which is June the line, commanding the year. And throughout January, commanding the year was only three days a week. Three days a week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. I'll preach three days a week on commanding the year, on Sunday I'll preach. Now, preparing one message alone is not cheap work for me. I use the minimum of hours to prepare my teaching. Minimum, minimum of three hours. Praise God. And so preparing one is not cheaper for me. And I've been going on base throughout January. And we're just talking about praying to know Jesus more and more. All we did in January was to pray to know Jesus. But in February, when we were just here on our own, a miracle hit us here. I get what I'm saying? Just stay on following Jesus. The things that people are craving for the Christmas time. And make sure that your focus is not comfort. Your focus is comfort. <laughs> we are talking from experience. We left the mission field. In that mission field, the challenges we went through was crazy. The devil attacked us like, like never before. He dealt through all his best results at us. We came out of that mission field by the world. The Lord told me, this day, the day came, come out of it. When the challenge started initially, we started praying and that prayer, but the Lord told me, no, that's not what I'm doing for you. I'm taking you out of this Egypt. And he took me to the book of Exodus. And he said, this is the way you are going to come out of this challenge. For two and a half years, the challenge was there. To see the next food to eat was a problem. The next morning, every time there was a post we used to put money, I used to put money inside. When I go to collect money from that post, I will speak the word of God to the man from God. I don't know where the, I don't know where the next one is going from, so I prophesy to the post. Um, the cruise of oil shall not fail. The, the cruise shall not fail the oil longer until the Lord send me to the earth. That was what I was speaking to the post every time I go. And then I go and collect the money. I go. And the Lord told me, I remember the year the whole challenge ended. January, I said, God, speak to me. I just told you, speak to myself. This day came me out of Egypt in the first month. I said, the first month, according to Jewish calendar, is April. And I said, okay, hopefully April will be coming out. But it was not April we came out. Actually, it was July we about to come out. But God did it as he said it. After that challenge, people were expecting that, okay, these people should come and sit down in Nigeria and come and start enjoying their life. We spent in Nigeria, is that also? And then, next mission street. We came to the next mission street. There are still things we have that are not done in Nigeria. Still many things that are not done in Nigeria. But we came to the next mission street. And then the Lord began to tell us the word for this mission street even before we came to the mission street. The challenges were there. But what happens? The ability to go through everything that God has allowed you to go through and still stand strong is what you need for your next phase of victory. Amen. Yeah. And the Christian life is a life of continuous wins. 
we learned that in PowerPoint, it's a matter of continuous wins. So you keep getting stronger and stronger, tougher and tougher. Till the devil, till he gets to the point where the devil cannot understand where to attack you from. If the devil still knows where to attack you from, then you have not gotten to your point of toughness. But when he gets to the point where he doesn't know where to attack you from again, then you have arrived. There are some people that the devil does not know where to attack them from. Because he has tried everything. See, the devil's strategies are not new, they are old. He has tried all the old tricks and it doesn't work for them. So he has left them alone. And the Bible says, after he tempted Jesus, he tempted you, what did he He left him for a while. You need to get before the devil leaves you. He's tired. <laughs> you are weary. And that comes by what? The toughening of our skins. The Lord teaches, the Holy Ghost teaches our hands to war, not to beg, not to collect, not to want war, to enforce. And I pray that that word will drop in our spirit in the name of Jesus.